0: What's up, guys? We're back. A uh, little hiatus. I was on a boat, international waters, but uh we are back now. High Street Freaks minus one, plus one. Uh, so it's me and Ryan, and DJ is out this week, but we have a special guest. um And I, I don't want to oversell this, but it's Colin Hassell. He worked with us at uh us. You never worked for Jason. I worked for Jason. Yeah. He worked with me at Eleven Warriors. He was our basketball beat writer and we're going to talk hoops, you know, we've been gleefully avoiding talking about Ohio state basketball for Mm. pretty much as long as we can, but um, you know, we can't really put it off any longer. And so we're going to bring somebody in who has actually covered this team. So nobody can accuse us of uh, just parachuting in and, and watching basketball and starting in, you know, mid January, which 80% of the fan base does anyway. So um, Colin, how you doing? Listen, I came on here as a West Virginia fan trying to confront a Pitt fan on uh and, and Ryan. So
1: I thought we were going to talk about the backyard brawl, but I guess we can talk Ohio State basketball.
2: Yeah, I think that we do have a lot of scoreboard to talk about as well. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, dude, I was yeah. at that game. So obviously, sorry. when I think you're a lot more invested in, in West Virginia than I am in Pitt, in Pitt probably. They're kind of my secondary team just from like childhood, but I was at that game, uh, which what a great environment. Like, that is the best – man, that is probably the best non-Ohio State versus, like, a top-10 team or Michigan game I've ever seen in person in terms of environment for football. Uh, just raucous. Like, that that place was going nuts. I mean, I was also in the West Virginia section, by the way, as a, as a Pitt fan with my uncle. was a Pitt fan. Um, made it out alive. I thought it was. I got some girl's number while I was, like, almost blackout drunk in the section uh with my uncle very bizarre she was with her dad that's very weird. very weird yeah <laughs> nah, <laughs> never texted her <laughs> <laughs> you still can't um, there's still time yeah i probably haven't I, let me let's see if i think she was a nurse if i recall correctly if you listen to this podcast we're the nurse that i met <laughs> in the West Virginia, uh, student section just okay. give me a dm on twitter oh, at b underscore ryan
1: Listen, uh, I was at that game too. It was it was not exactly thrilling from from my end of things, but uh, you should have met up, damn! I, I know, I I had no idea, but I'll be at the I'll be at Listen, if anybody wants to meet up, I'll be in Morgantown uh, later this year.
2: So I might be there. I, I was okay. drinking moonshine with some. I had a, like a mixed uh, fan tailgate with all my high school boys that either went to one school or the other. So I was drinking some moonshine. I was saying some country Rose, I was singing some Sweet Caroline. Uh, I, there was feel, also I a feel weird. Like we- Okay, I feel like we second. do
0: need a, a meet at midfield meetup at just a random college football game this year. And that, that might take it, you know, that that'd be a good, a good day. Just get as many subscribers out there as possible. Just for this, this random. Well, it's not random. I, it's I will, um, all, but.
2: Yeah. I will tease this on the pod. I've started doing some very loose planning for some kind of New York meetup. I think we have enough subscribers in New York that, uh, oh, I'll to New York in the city. Fuck. Yeah. Let's go. Yeah. So we'll work on that. Well, it will be, it will be, you know, There'll be discussions coming along, uh, <laughs> but also, I, when I was at that game, I don't know if, what area of the tailgating section you were in, but one of the gold lots, there was a giant flag that had West Virginia and Georgia flags on it, which I could only assume is JT Daniels' family or something. I don't know who else it would have been. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I
1: don't I, uh, know. Unfortunately, that reminds me of the fact that the JT Daniels era, I came out of that game being like, well, we lost this game. It was terrible. <laughs> but we've got a great quarterback. <laughs> <laughs> and unfortunately, months later, I realized that uh, that was not, in fact, the case. But, oh, well. Yeah. I'm <laughs> starting out talking about great atmospheres before we get into talking about the Schottenstein Center.
0: Oh, good That's God. That's such a good transition. Yeah. yeah, good God. That, that I mean, but before before we even talk about Chris Holtman, cause we're, we're getting there. We're that's, that's why Colin's here yeah. to be honest. But the shot, man, it is there. It, it's like, it's jarringly bad, isn't it? Especially cause like most of Ohio state's other athletic facilities are like perfectly fine. Like, especially when they're out here building like sport specific arenas in, I mean, every other sport that's like perfect for whatever the sport is that's competing there. And then you have this monstrous monstrosity of the shot that is good for, I mean, it's good for hockey, but like, it's 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 a horrible basketball arena.
2: Yeah, way too big. um And even you could argue St. John's is probably better. I mean, St. John's is way better, right, for the actual environment. Yeah,
0: yeah. I mean, and I'm I'm not I'm not even like a St. John's like purist that like everybody is there. Like I I don't know. There's there's a lot of people that think like St. John's needs to be like the basketball arena or something like that. Like I'm not super attached to St. John. I just think that they need a better basketball arena. If you want a basketball arena in the same place that the shot is right now, like I don't really care. Just build something actually good you know or renovate saint john like for the money that they could have that they put into building the shot and doubled down on renovating the shot they could have re- like renovated saint john arena like five times over so i think that's my right. beef like it's it's perfectly fine arena sitting right there and you just built this monstrosity and I, I think it's for if i remember correctly it was supposed to be like a multi-purpose thing to get some revenue from concerts and stuff which like i guess which it's it does down. do yeah yeah but like it's so I think he bad had like for fucking basketball. Justin
2: Bieber play there when I was in college. Uh, Kanye uh, played
0: there. I saw Kanye there.
2: I just Sorry. actually I saw Kanye I guess, there too. I forgot about that. I guess that. I have to yeah. censor
0: that. I can't. Uh, I, can say well, that, say that I saw Kanye. Uh,
2: I was on the floor for that show. Uh, that's awesome. Fun fact, Kevin, there's two bald guys here on the show. Uh that night, the Kanye West show in the Shot and Center is the first night that I found out I was balding. Uh, wow. that I really knew it because Did Kanye pointed of... out
0: from the riser. He said hey <laughs> Dude,
2: <laughs> a friend of mine, Taylor. Uh, she was like dude i was looking for you in the crowd i found you because i could see your bald spot and i was like what oh it's like it's that noticeable (laughs) oh man so i noticed oh i thought i thought you knew
0: (laughs) i noticed similarly i was covering a women's basketball game uh in banker's life and i was sitting courtside i'm sure colin was there actually we covered women's basketball together for like four years but somebody sent a picture of like the arena that they were watching from TV and they're like, I see you. And I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> My head is just like
2: Well especially those on court lights are not helping very much. No. Uh... Not at all.
0: But still you just gotta oh, embrace yeah. it. So here I am, totally yeah. totally bald here. But so, yeah, the, the shot sucks. The shots always sucked. It's not even like good for media either. Like it's a it's horrible experience yeah. all around. Um
2: you, you know what uh you know what doesn't suck and is a good environment and it's good for media though. Uh, meet at Kevin, uh, which is our website. Uh, <laughs> Colin, uh, you know it, you love it. Uh, <laughs> you're, we, you're a huge meet at midfield head. Uh, I believe you were actually first person to ever pay us a cent. Colin Hassel. That's why we brought him on the podcast today. Yeah. Um, famously. Uh, yeah. Um, anyway, subscribe to meet at midfield. We, we're covering Ohio state basketball and football and Michigan football and basketball and really the whole big 10, the whole country. Every team you've ever thought of, we actually have a writer for it. So we're kind of the athletic, but with way more people and cooler.
0: Yeah, agreed, agreed. <laughs> so, and we, I, I think, I don't know, I think we, we are bad at plugging our website, which is hilarious because, like, that's why we do the podcast. But I can't tell you how right. many podcasts we've done where we just, like, forget to mention that there is a reason why yeah. we, But anyway,
2: we forget the intro music, too. We're still working on that. Yeah, shit. We've been doing that for
0: six months or something like that. Damn, I need to get on that.
2: Yeah, Yeah, it's on the list.
0: Um, Yeah, there's lots on the list. But you know who else is on a list? And it's not the list you want (laughs) to be on. It is Chris Holtman. So listen, I I have been a Chris Holtman low-key backer. I wouldn't say backer. I've been on the 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 pump of the brakes on, on throwing Chris Holtman out of the plane here um, for the past two years or so. I think that I was willing to wait until pretty much this season. I saw what recruiting class he had coming in. I saw hypothetically who could have been returning. Um, I was hoping Brandon would be here still, but, you know, he's not, obviously. And so for me... like I was even going to give him one more year if it was like kind of fine this year, if there was at least like some semblance of a pulse, but my biggest beef with Chris Holtman, and I've said this many times is if you look at this roster, it is, it has four top 50 freshmen, a future lottery pick, probably, you know, like he's, he's a one and done lottery pick a it's led by a sixth year senior. You've got a veteran presence in the post. And then you landed like three guys that are like, by all accounts, like pretty good, or maybe it's two. I don't even remember how many transfers they got. Um, But uh, like Ely and um, McNeil, like those are, those are fine transfer additions. And this team sucks. Like if you're not going to win with this team, who the hell are you going to win with? You know, like, I I think that it's, it's really reductive to look at this team and be like, ah, this team just isn't very good or very talented. It is talented. There's talent all over the court. Like, I just, I don't understand why this team sucks. It shouldn't. And it's like, if if you can't win with this team, you're not going to win. So I think that is, like, the strongest Chris Holtman take I have right now is that, like, he's lost me because I don't think it's ever going to get better than this. Like, I think, like, he's got a great recruiting class coming in next year. He's stacking top 10 classes. But, like, you have a top 10 class right here, and you're doing nothing with it.
1: I mean, with all due respect, Kevin, I think to say that if you're not going to win with this team, you're never going to win is slightly abridged too far because uh, I wouldn't say that this is the greatest assemblage of talent of all time. But I, what, I, what I think is sort of your point is this is his sixth team. He's sort of rebuilt or reconstructed on the fly a couple of different times in significant ways where you lose like a Liddell or you lose a Malachi and you try and figure out via transfers and freshmen, how, how are you going to replace all these guys? And now he's done it several different times. And I feel like it's not like if you can't win with this one, then you can't win with any, but it's like, if you haven't, if you haven't reconstructed the roster in a way that you're winning a title through six yep. years, then, then win. And I think that that's, that's where I am really right now is I've, 100%. I like, I, I was like, I was, I've been sitting there and I, I'll say this, when I was covering the team, the thing that drove me the most insane are the football fans who are the majority of Ohio State fans who really come in in February and March and then deliver present? Yeah, I wasn't I'm well aware that I'm looking at one, but, but but those people drove me insane because I would always look and it's like we're through like it's three years into the Chris Holman tenure, like you don't understand, like this is just the beginning, like there are pieces here that he's building, but I think now we're six years in. You've sort of seen it. Like, I think that, like, I look at it and it's like, all right, next year they have a really good recruiting class. They have three more top 50 recruits coming in. Can they be, can they be good next year? Like, yeah, I I think they can, but I just wonder what the ceiling is or what the reasonable ceiling is. And, and I don't know, like, I, I sort of think that maybe we haven't maybe, maybe there is a higher ceiling than he's reached, but I have no problem right now if people want to say like I don't really know what we're waiting for anymore.
0: Yeah, I th- I think my my point too was like it's not necessarily that these individual players are like great or anything like that. It's just like every year he's got excuses, right? And every year you you know damn well that that that's the game he plays. Our it's part always part. a oh. we did this, but it's and I, part of it. Part of it is like we both
1: bought into that for a while right. though, and and that's the thing is like there are legit it's like sometimes it's like people would want to call them excuses. And then I'd be like, you could also call them reasons. <laughs> like right. they are, Like it is, it is unfortunate for them that Dwayne Washington decides to leave, or it is unfortunate that Malachi brand decides to leave, or it is unfortunate that DJ Carden had the, the mental health issues and, and left after a year. Like you have all these things where it's like, it makes sense. But again,
2: we, it's, yeah, it's sick, Right. It's, it's, I think to me, that's where I get to is like when it's when you hear, you know, a couple things here and there, those are things that go bad, right? Like if you, if, but all of a sudden, if like everything starts breaking bad on you in roster management, I get a sneaking suspicion it's probably not just because it's all a weird coincidence, right? I think if you're in year six and you can't build a sustainable roster and you can't prevent guys from transferring out or leaving earlier than they should and getting, you know, like clearly you had guys who were clear NBA dudes like Dwayne Washington who, like, you know, you're not getting the most... You had enough NBA guys you're not getting the most out of, right? You have rotation guys, and, like, uh, you Jay Jayshon Tate, Dwayne Washington, uh, obviously, E.J. Liddell, Malachi Branham, um, uh, Kata Bates-Diop. Like, you- how many guys have been in this program that are clear NBA rotation players who are contributing real minutes to NBA teams who just, like, have nothing to show for after playing here? Like, absolutely nothing to show for at Ohio State. And that's my thing is, like... I totally get in a vacuum where things went wrong. And I wasn't one of those guys who were out. I think, I don't think I was out in the first three or four years either, but after year four, I was kind of like, all right, like, and, and now we're at year six, it's clearly going nowhere. And there are folks who are still out there. There's one guy I always work with on a message board who always says that like uh, Chris Holtman should be getting more likely to get an extension this off season than he is to to get fired. And I was like, you should be put in jail for saying that um, <laughs> because it's like, look, just the, I think the problem here too, and a lot of the national media to cover for him. And I think we all know like Jeff Goodman's penchant for uh, giving Chris Holtman a tongue bath after every tough loss and stuff like that, that, that it's a complete misunderstanding of the historical perspective, like what Ohio state is a program. Like I understand fully. It is not the football program, right? There is no one arguing that Ohio state basketball is, should be winning national titles frequently or ever. Uh, again, or that like Ohio State should be making the Final Four every other year, it's not Kentucky, it's not Kansas, it's not Carolina, it's not Duke, but it is like very clearly a top fifteen-ish or twenty-ish program of all time. Like there is no argument that the resources Ohio State has when it's done historically, you know how many Final Fours it's made, how many conference titles it's won, how many recruits it's gotten, how many players it's put in the NBA. Like this is a program that is capable of doing making sweet 16 runs frequently like like more often like you know I, i'd say like once every two or three years should be how often this team's going to the sweet 16 right that is the expectation for the program and what has been historically and he is like failing every historical standard at the school which i realize i'm ranting here so if you guys want to cut me off feel free but but i've got I, I, I just think that no, like you're not, you're not wrong like I,
1: yeah. you're not wrong at all like there is there is like I, I, I think at some, I think early on in his tenure, I just heard a lot of people who were like, "We're not what that Dad's peak was," and I was like, "You're right. It's that peak was really high, and it's been a couple of years. Like, he, like he had to rebuild, but the rebuilding has happened. This is the rebuilt team. Yep. Like this is right. it. this is what they have. Yeah. And and maybe it would be different if Malachi Brandman had stayed this season or." more likely if Dwayne Washington had stayed last season, like maybe that is true, but you get paid a lot of money to make sure that even if those things happen, you're okay. And I I like, personally, I think one of the things that's been, I don't know, problematic for them is you just look at all the transfers they've had. Like, how would you rank? Like, who are the top five transfers that Ohio state's had in the Chris Holtman era? Like the list is, the list is not great. I wrote them down. I just want you to hear oh, this. Yeah. Keyshawn Woods, CJ Walker, justice suing, Seth towns, Jimmy Sotos, Jamari Wheeler, Abel Porter, Cedric Russell, Joey Brunk, Sean McNeil, Tanner Holden, Isaac likely like that is you are, you are not having a high hit right there. Like a lot of those are like fine.
2: Yeah. Guys. Is, it, is it CJ Walker? Who is the best guy in that list? It's CJ it's, Walker
0: or Keyshawn Woods.
2: Oh sure it's, man. Like, Yeah, it's not great. And that's
1: like, I look at that where it's like, it is true that, that yeah. when you lose all those guys, when you lose these guys early, like that's problematic, but you're also right now in the transfer era where you should be able to plug those holes and exactly. you should be able to find a way. And right now it's, they're not so right. I think it's the future. If they're they're in the present, the present is also the future, and that's at at the end of the
2: day. Yeah, at the end of the day, any roster questions in year six of a coach's tenure are fully his own problem. If he's over reliant on transfers, not hitting on them. If he's not, you know, if he's not keeping his players in the program long enough, you have enough data after six years. Plus the fact, by the way. You're a beneficiary of getting an extra year of eligibility for a lot of players that coaches never got before this, that you could have kept some bets from like you got more benefits out of like more options to choose from a wider pool of talent than any other coach in history will ever have based on the transfer portal eligibility stuff, or sorry, based on the COVID your eligibility stuff. So it, it's easier to recruit transfers ever before too. Like there's so many more benefits you have to building a roster uh, that you never had before that you should, like, if you're at Ohio state, like people, I know fans of the internet from all college sports have so to be like, I couldn't imagine being a college coach nowadays with NIL and the transfer portal and and you know, yada and yada yada. It's like, no, 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 dude. We're at Ohio State. That's good for us. Like that yeah. makes it, that makes our lives easier. Like you you have an easier job you ever had before in your life. Uh can't do anything with it, man. Just can't do jack shit. Like look, if he doesn't make a, a sweet 16 or win a conference championship, he will be let's just see the sweet 16 one. He will be the Hmm. third coach uh, in the last 100 years at Ohio State to not make a Sweet 16. Um, if you add a conference title there, he'll be just the second coach last 100 years to not win a conference title or make a Sweet 16 at Ohio State. Other one is Gary Williams, who left after three years to go to Maryland. Um, Floyd Stahl also had a tough run uh, from 1950 to 1958. Any Floyd Stahl heads out there, sorry for you guys, but uh, after Fred Taylor took over, things got a lot better. So, I mean, just complete loser behavior, dude. Just like, (laughs) yeah, I I make final four since the 1940s, brother.
0: I really, I really like that though, because I, I think that like, it's super easy for Ohio State fans to parachute in from football, and you know, excuse this team because it's not football and you're not supposed to compete for national titles every year. But like, that historical context matters, and it's hasn't been that long since Ohio State was regularly you know, winning sweet 16 games or getting to the sweet 16. And, and, and like, that's, that's what it is for me is it's just ignoring what the actual historical context of this, this Ohio state team is.
1: The reason why I, the reason, one of the reasons why I pushed back on a lot of sort of the earlier Chris Holtman criticism and also like, I think, yeah. One of the reasons why I pushed back on that was I would look at it and say, the floor is really high. Like the floor, you know, they're a top five team in the big 10. Every they've been a top five team in the big 10 every season up until this season. And then the initial rebuilding season in his second year.
2: Yeah. And also every year. Yeah.
1: Yeah. And I look at it. It's like, well, they make the tournament every year. Like the floor is high and like, I think that that's important. Like, I think the people who say that that doesn't matter at all, like, I don't think that that's necessarily true. Like, I think it's cool to have the team in the tournament every single year. Like, to me, that that's a good thing as a program. But I think when you get to year six, the problem is when you ask what's your best accomplishment, yeah. and it's like, well, we've made the tournament five straight years. Like, that's not good enough when you're in year six and you're looking at what's your, what, what are your accomplishments. That, right. to me, I remember, I'll, I'll shout them out. Chris from 11 warriors who used to look, who we used to work with Kevin a few years ago, I think it was maybe two years ago. He was, we, cause you know, the Chris Ullman debates have been raging for a while and, and he made the point at the time, you know, what is his biggest accomplishment? I had no answer. And the problem is that was two years ago and right now we're sitting here in year six and I don't, I don't know what to point at. And, and I think if you're an Ohio state basketball fan, like that's, like that's that's the brutal part of this all is like you get national media people talking about like Chris Holtman's a good coach and like I actually think because the floor's been so high, like I don't know, I don't think he's a bad coach. I think he's a I think he's probably a good coach, but I don't think that he's I don't think he's maximized Ohio State to nearly to the degree that I thought he would, or or really anybody thought he would. Honestly, even Gene Smith thought he would. Like the way the recent Gene Smith liked Chris Holtman is because he knew that that floor was high and thought that because the floor was always high that at some point they would reach and win a Big Ten title or make a run in the tournament. I thought that was completely reasonable, but it's year
2: six. Like, yeah, I, don't, I, don't I, I think it's I the wrote worst a team ever in year six. Yeah,
0: yep. I wrote yep. about it in the Kager, but to me, it's it's like the the talk about Chris Holtman always making the uh, the tournament is like a shithead parent bragging about their kid for making like. Straight Cs and passing all of their classes. It's like, <laughs> yeah, that's cool, but like, what's he good at? You know, like, I, yeah, I think he didn't, sh-
1: he didn't get he didn't get kicked out of the university for the straight Cs, but <laughs> right? then when he went down to the Ds, they're like, well, we've never seen him make an A, so why right. should we keep?
0: I, right, and 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 that's that's the problem. That's the problem. And I I think like the conversation's totally different too. If like this is a you know a top five Big Ten team that ekes into the tournament or like comfortably gets into the tournament and. Loses in the first weekend. Like it's it's a, a totally different conversation. It's still frustrating, but and I like that's what I expected from this season. And I think like I, I I'm not gonna pretend that this is like a great team, but my larger issue is like it, you have a top 50 freshman class, and you had two, you know, key players who have been in your program for, you know, I think Zed's this is Zed's third or fourth year, and then third. And then Suing's um, sixth year. Well, it's, it's it's a sixth year overall. But isn't it? Is it, fit, is yeah. it five or six? I, I'm pretty sure it's six. I can't keep track yet. I'm of pretty cows, sure it's 6 out
1: one and has been here for, yeah, I think yeah. it's six.
0: Yeah, it, it, I'm pretty sure it's six. So you've got a, a sixth year player, a third year player that are like the cornerstone of your team, allegedly, a group of top 50 freshmen, and then you had a couple transfer spots that you could fill with whoever you wanted or whoever would come in. That should be a coach's dream. Like, it should be. And, you know, like, if, if your guys suck in their sixth year or their third year and, or they're not good enough to be the cornerstone of your team, that's on you. If you can't develop two or you can't pull in two transfer guys that are going to augment the top 50 class of freshmen or the, the four top 50 players that you just brought in, that's also on you. And so, like, I, like I just, more than any other year, I am seeing the on court product that he has put out reflects more directly on him than it does than it has in previous years and like that that's what i mean by like he should be doing better with this roster this is a good roster and stuff like it was a yeah. good situation it was a very good situation that every other coach in the country would have dreamed of having a, a top you know four top 50 freshmen two returning veteran players and you know two or three graduate transfer slots to go, you know, fill however you want it. Like, that's a dream. That's a dream scenario. And he is below 500 in February.
1: Like that. No, one, one thing I wonder about, and this is... For
2: this, the first, this, by the way, really quick, sorry, but the first time under 500 in February since uh, Jim O'Brien's 0304 season, uh, which I believe was his first season. Uh, no, sorry, his last season as coach. Yeah. First time under 500 since uh, since 200304. Yeah. So, sorry. It's
1: not I great. No but, but one of the things that I, like... When I was covering the team, I remember the last recruiting cycle that I covered was the current freshman class. Um, and I, I feel like most people know this by now, but I don't, I don't, I don't honestly really know what Oh, yeah, know. this is a
0: good story, actually.
1: But I wonder also, like, all right, one of the reasons why Ohio State's, uh, I think, been pretty good at times, at least, when they have been good, if we remember back that far, was Bryce Simpson boss having a really <laughs> good season. Yep. Like he's a potential lottery pick. Bryce Simpson was almost not on the team. Yep. Like the reason they ended up with Bryce Simpson, one, I'm really impressed that they actually managed to end up with Bryce Simpson, But two, they nearly had Dylan Mitchell who was silently committed to Ohio state. And I had talked to him for a story and I you thought did more than talk to I him. I than, well, I did more than talk to him. I wrote multiple, I pre-wrote a couple stories. He was one of the happiest kids I've ever talked to, to commit to Ohio state. And I was like, wow, like he's bringing a great attitude. Like he's a, he was a five-star prospect. Like it would have been a giant get for Ohio state, but he's at Texas right now. That one didn't end up. He never ended up actually committing to Ohio state. Uh, he's at Texas averaging about six points a game. He's a good defender, but he's not doing much offensively. I even wonder like, could this have been worse if they yeah. ended up not getting Bryce since Cause they wouldn't have chased him if they ended up getting Dylan Mitchell. I mean, Maybe maybe it evens out because Bryce Sensenbaugh is is an abomination of a def- of a defensive player. But one of the worst I've
2: ever seen. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I, I even wonder like what what would happened if uh, if they didn't have him.
0: I, and, and for the record, I'm I'm gonna there's nothing I like being more than being right, uh, and so I need Colin to vouch for me here that I called Bryce Sensenbaugh being good like forever in advance, like like when people didn't know who this motherfucker was. I was calling him a lot or like a future lottery pick and Colin, Colin can vouch for that. I'll vouch for you there, Kevin. I have to prove it. Yeah. Yeah. I I was, I was all in on Bryce sense I mean like, so, so the thing with him too, this is kind of a tangent, but like the thing with him is he grew a lot um, and turned into like the, like physical specimen that you've seen now uh, in kind of like his last year. And I think that, like, for whatever reason, everybody's classes maybe were already kind of full or they weren't 100% buying it. Like, Ohio State just lucked the fuck out on, on Bryce Sensible is, is like, all I can say. But, like, it took me, like, watching, like, a little bit of his film to be like, oh, no, this this dude's, like, he's he's going to be, like, fucking awesome. So um, Let I –
1: I'll do a slight tangent too, which is, you know how I mentioned like Dylan Mitchell is a five-star or whatever. You know, Bryce Sinsipa, I think it was like around 50th best player in the country. I don't know. I know he was top 50, but he was more closer to 50 than one. Um, but I think one of the things that's interesting in basketball recruiting right now, and this is an ultimate tangent, so I, sorry, I'm sorry, I'll make this quick, but the, the basketball scouts essentially who were there at the recruiting site several years ago, a lot of them are gone now. And it's a lot of younger guys who I don't totally know um, exactly how to take their rankings quite yet. And I think that that's an interesting thing going forward. Uh, That matters to about four people in the world. But I think that that's interesting, especially when you're looking at Ohio State. uh, And part of the reason why Chris Oldman is going to be around, which is people really like this recruiting class, which I think is really good. But I just wonder in the grand scheme of things and recruiting, which... Ryan, I know you used, used to be in a big way.
2: Uh yeah I, I never really got the juice in basketball, but I am definitely a big, uh, a big football recruiting freak. Um, still am, unfortunately. I really try to shake the habit, but I cannot help myself. I uh scared <laughs> the birds, you're not gonna shake it. Oh no, dude. It was it's horrible. Like I, I still find myself like just like checking into like watch Phil on like the number like 14 guy in the state of Ohio. Like, I don't know if they would or not. Gonna be a big class this year. I might have to think about it. I was literally, as we were talking right there, it's just so funny you said that. I was literally looking up a state of Ohio basketball rankings for this past year's class and seems if anyone going criticize Chris Holtman for missing on. Uh, I've got a couple guys, just just uh, pot shots off of two minutes research here. Um, missing on Paul McMillan and A.J. Clayton uh, uh, seems like a miss. A couple Ohio natives.
1: uh, AJ AJ Clayton's like at Ohio University, and I can't
2: play it well. Play it well, putting up nine five a night. I don't know. (laughs) They just just got Tanner Holden, and
0: he's ass. So I don't know. I don't know. I was gonna
2: say
1: Tanner Holden went from twenty points a game to four points a game, so I'm not totally uh, sure the mat conversion rates are.
2: (laughs) I don't know. Look, I mean, Bo and Harvell not moved me very much, but we'll see. We'll see. I, Um, I
1: actually think, like, recruiting wise. That's
2: what he's good at. That's his thing
1: he's good at. It it is weird, though, because a few years ago, that was the whole criticism is, you know, you wondered if he could recruit. He had that one year with Eugene Brown and Zed Key who were both outside of the top 100. And I think that, like, you're not going to win titles if you stay outside of the top 100. But, like, since then, he's just been loading up on top 50 guys. And, like, I didn't even mind, like, the Bowen Hardman, Kalen Etzler ads because I view them as, like, you're not going to keep 13 people happy. You know that these guys right. are the guys, you might as well just grab them and put them on the end of the roster and, and see in three years what the, what they look like. But like, that's, that's, I don't know. It's, it's a wild thing to me because the recruiting is at a level that like you should be competing for big time, big 10 titles, which I think that at this point in the podcast, we've made the point that they are not.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They're no, clearly not. I mean, Recru- it's, it's very Go
0: ahead. recruiting's really weird too. Cause like, it is good, but then like the misses that they have just seem like they hurt a lot. You know, like remember when they had Efton Reed that looked like he was going to be there and he was going to be like their center, and then all of a sudden he turned into Joey Brunk instead. And it's like that, like that's a program changing loss to to lose Efton Reed.
1: But have you actually checked into what Efton Reed is? Because I, I have. Have you checked into what F. D. Reed's doing this yeah, year? He he hasn't been very good, and and that's well, fair. But like statement, he's getting D&Ds. Really? Yeah, yeah. He's averaging two points a game, one rebound a game for Gonzaga. Which yes, Gonzaga, yeah. but uh, he's he's doing nothing. So. But
0: uh, I I just I, like it's you got Joey Brunk instead, you know, like that that, that right. that's my thing. Like not, that's my thing. And, yeah, yeah, I'm I think, just it might have been it might have been. A,
1: uh, a low ceiling, either either way. But you're yeah. right, you're right about that.
0: And so I, I don't know. I, I think my my beef is, um, it's just for, for me. I think I have seen enough in terms of knowing what talent he has, and have, at least in hindsight too, seeing some of the talented rosters that he's you know had together, some of the players he's had put together this team being as atrocious as it is and then like honestly going back and looking at that team he had Kada Bates D up and Jason Tate playing together and that doesn't look good in hindsight either like what they accomplished with that roster I mean like that was a pretty good team but you know like those are two like Nba players now I, I don't know it's just there's enough. That's like, man, you couldn't win with that roster. Or you couldn't like advance, but we're not talking about winning titles either. Like we're talking about like competing for big 10 titles and like making it past the first weekend of the tournament. Like th- these, these don't feel like high, like super high expectations. Like we're not asking him to like, you know, run right. the table and win the final four. Like I, I just it's, want do like, the
2: bare minimum of the program history. It's right. just like win one of the three things we care about, do one of them, like, make a sweet 16, right. win the conference, make a season war tournament. Just do something to show you can win something that matters. Like yep. anything with stakes on it, because really it's not just at Ohio state. Like he had that one sweet 16 run at Butler. And that's pretty much been the only time in his career. He's won anything of consequence ever. Like, yep. and even that he beat, if I recall correctly, it was an 11 or uh, sorry, a 13 seed and a 12 seed to make a sweet 16. He beat a uh, Winthrop through middle Tennessee and uh, both relatively close games to make his deep run to the Sweet 16 at Butler. Uh, and that was the only thing he's ever done in his career of any consequence. He's just been, I mean, like, call it as it is, the guy's a fucking career loser. Like, I, I'm sure he's a nice guy. He's a hes a good person. Whatever He's recruiting players. He's putting guys in the NBA. Yeah, I mean, that's all cool. Like, <laughs> I don't care about any of that. Like, I, I don't care, really, if, like, Ohio State, it's nice to produce pro players. It's nice that, you know, you're keeping your team's GPAs up or whatever. Like, it's nice that you're doing it that way. But you're not actually winning the things you're paid to win, right? Like your job at Ohio State, your expectation, and we're talking about, I guess, apparently I'm wrong about this because Gene Smith must have a different idea based on his actions. But to me, based on looking at the last 100 years of Ohio State basketball history, I would say the expectation is to make it to be 16 or win a conference championship, bare minimum, every four years or else you're gone. Uh, That's what happens to everyone
1: else you mentioned gene smith and like that to me is like the thing that like we haven't touched on that is the mm. big big part of it which is they extended him last off season and
2: like he's not gonna get fired yeah
1: not gonna get fired because of the the buyout i i imagine because you go to the boosters it's, and say hey we believe in chris holtman like are you gonna put forward this amount of money every year and then the next year you say hey can you give us 17 million dollars <laughs> buy out for the Nets coach plus the money that you're going to pay for the Nets coach like that is a lot of money for again it's not it's not a football team but like
2: yeah and also we are asking for nil checks nowadays too like yeah it's not going to happen i just don't think it's going to happen but
1: if i'm just like i don't talk to anybody in the basketball program anymore right these days this is purely speculation but i want to try and speculate like why that happened with gene smith
2: so like The reason they're put oh, you, sorry you can speculate really quick I'm gonna let you I'm gonna let you post up and do this but I I, I do want to say too some of the rumors that have been going around is that basically Chris Holtman was telling Gene that he couldn't recruit with his current contract uh, because of how little time he had left on it which is like three years left in the deal. Just absolute nonsense. Just, just ab- keep going. But I, like, that's a lie that, that, that I, I just pisses me off a lot because a lot of recruiting reporters close to these coaches in football and basketball repeat it ad nauseum because the coaches just say it to them, and none of these fucking people have brains in their heads and just repeat it, you know, ad nauseum is like, that's just true, right? It must be true that if I have that, you know, every recruit I'm talking to knows my contract length and is actually aware of the politics of my contract. You have to be so goddamn dumb to think that. Joey Fourstar is checking like the, the length of your contract to see how much time you left employed at the school and, and thinking like, Oh, that's problematic. The coach only, you know, coach's buyout dips down to 2.1 million next year. Like I'm worried he can't if I, if he doesn't do well enough, you gotta be a fucking idiot to think recruits think that, how could you possibly believe that? That is simply not true. No one gives a fuck.
1: I will say like, if it's like one year left. All right. I, I actually believe that that was one year problem. left. Yeah. One year
2: left. That's a storyline. Yeah.
1: If it's two years left, like I'm honestly, I haven't worked in, I'm not the parent of a recruit. I have no idea. Like, like you're probably right. That probably doesn't matter. Maybe it matters to some, but like probably doesn't matter to most three years left that that doesn't matter. That doesn't matter at all. And that's how much is left. But if I'm getting into Gene's head, like if I, I remember when I was there and I left in the summer of 2021 and when I left. I was sort of under the impression that the following year they would give him an extension. So one, I think that this had been talked about, and I don't think that this was coming out of the blue. Um, and I think that this had been a thing where, you know, Gene legitimately liked where the basketball program was headed. Um, one, like Chris Holtman is generally like people like Chris Holman, like he's easy, he's easy for them to work with. He's not going to yeah. get your program in trouble, which I think is an underrated part of the reason why they want to keep him is because
2: it's not underrated. Not- the gene. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <really> want
1: underrated. <laughs> that is an underrated part. I think from the people on the outside who maybe want to grab like a Rick Patino. that ain't happening because, because there's too much money made on the football side of things. You're just not going to screw things up over there. So they like that part of things. Um, also like, he was in the mix for the Indiana job when Mike Woodson got that. God, like there were other jobs that were high major jobs that I know wanted to talk to Chris Holtman and didn't happen because he's under contract with Ohio State. And I know, and just my guess is he had a little bit of leverage probably from that, where it's like, listen, these other people want me. Like, can you get can it, like it's in my contract? I know you believe in in the plan. I know that you know I'm not gonna cause any NCAA violations or anything like that. Like, you know, people who are around the program like me and, and, you know, get along with me and, and all this stuff. Like you see the NBA draft successes, you see the recruiting successes, and it was a little bit of a risk that we look in ret- retrospect and it was like, all right, that might've been a lot of a risk because at the time I don't necessarily, like, I know that there were people, like, I think Austin Ward was one of them. Who had pointed out, like, this is a bad idea at the time. Yeah. But I was looking at one again, you're looking
2: at one. (laughs) Yeah, I I,
1: believe me. I knew that one too. And and I know that there were people at the time who did that, but like, I think that it was a total play of like, I think that the process is working. And the problem is, a year later, uh, the process ain't working.
0: I think, yeah, the problem is they were
2: wrong, right? Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) and, and, And I think the other thing that Ohio State fans have been able to talk themselves into and it, because of the national narrative around Chris Holtman and around Ohio state is that like, Oh, well who, who are we going to get? That's better than Chris Holtman. And I think like, that's part of the conversation that went into, you know, keeping him around because like, should you have really been worried that this guy was going to leave for Indiana? Well, no, because like, what has he done that is above replacement, you know, like pretty much nothing at this point. But I think there has just been this general acceptance from a lot of people who should know better that you can't do better than Chris Holtman, which is insane. Like if you look at what he's actually produced, like that makes no sense. But like you, there are a lot, a lot of Ohio state fans and national media people that I'm sure we'll get into that. Like that is the narrative. That's like, who are you going to get? That's better than Chris Holtman. Like that, that you see it all the time. You see it in your mentions. You see it on the message boards. We see it all the time. That's who's better than Chris Holtman. And the answer is a lot, a lot of people.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And also, especially in this sport of all sports, we see first time or like very new coaches, profession yep. succeed in basketball more than any other sport, like by far, in my opinion, like you don't really see this happen, especially not in football. You got to really work your way up to training football, but in baseball and soccer. And like, I may a little bit in hockey, I guess, but like, not really. Like basketball is the only sport where you see guys go right from playing to coaching and like succeed pretty much. It like works for them, you know, like, it's just not that hard. I think it's not that hard of a job. (laughs) Maybe I'm just an asshole. I don't think, I don't think it's that hard of a job. Uh, And and I just think like, he's been way overvalued. Like you said, like the replacements out there, plenty of people can do this. Uh, A lot of people can do this. Based on what we've seen so far. Uh, The genes, the genes decision dude is like, there's a little bit larger. Like I I really do think if he wasn't Gene Smith and he wasn't as entrenched as he is, because this is a year three athletic director making this move. That's a fireable offense, like how bad of a contract this is he gave, given, like, the poison pill he basically put in it for this buyout. And also in the context of doing the same exact thing, bait against himself for Ryan Day in the same offseason. Uh, not that everyone agrees to the, the Ryan Day contract. I'm not trying to get into football talk here. But, like, the idea of him basically giving out two totally, in my opinion, totally unforced contract extensions in the same offseason, greatly raising buyouts only to watch the guy you gave the contract to immediately eat shit and fail all of his goals the next year again is, like, after he was already in a fairly controversial spot, like he wasn't really unanimously beloved, even if you liked him internally, he was not like 100% popularity rating. Just insane. Just completely insane. Put yourself in that spot a second time. Um, I Like, man, I am like essentially tired of Gene at this point. I've been a Gene defender for a long time. I'm pissed at Chris Holtman, obviously, but like th- these two contract choices made me want to get rid of Gene at this point as well. But to get, to get back to Holtman, I'll keep it on, keep it on the rails here because that's, that's a larger talk. Uh yeah, man, like who can do this? 30 guys can do this, like 50 guys can do this, a hundred guys can do this, like just show up and play basketball and win twenty-one games at Ohio State. Who can't do that? Yeah. Colin could do that. Like it's the <laughs> I i don't think I think people in my like look, people greatly overrate. There's two pieces to this here. People greatly overrate the difficulty of coaching basketball or coaching any sport, in my opinion. I think they treat this job like it's fucking rocket science, and we don't have much evidence that it is. <laughs> like, I don't know. I don't. They don't, they don't see the systems. Don't seem that hard. Call me crazy. Like, I don't think what these guys are doing looks that hard to me. And the second part here is, a lot of the media coverage comes people very friendly to the program, and also for some reasons become a common thing that like specifically in the Ohio State beat. I'm going to say a name, Kevin. If you can beep it out for after I say it in the, in the post yep. edit here. Uh, uh, is the guy who's worst at this, but there's there's plenty of them. Act like their personal emotional happiness is on the line if Ohio State fans are riled up about a coach, so they like try to they try to never rock the boat at any point in time. Like, well, this guy's actually doing fine. Like, no need to get no need to get angry here. I don't know why you guys are so miserable all the time. Everyone's so pissed off all the time. It's really negative energy. It's really really messing up my vibe. Like, if you're a, we're supposed to be theoretically a reporter talking about a sports team that you cover like that, that you're getting bent out of shape because people don't like the team you're covering. That is pathetic. Like, that is a truly pathetic thing to be doing. And you need to, like, go to a therapist and talk about why you uh, are, like, so emotionally ingrained in the team you're covering. You don't imagine that for, first conversation now.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I mean, they need to have, yeah, we need to have it. We need to get them some ducks. We need to get a Tony Soprano style fix to this thing. Yeah. No, I, I just sorry, that was a whole lot of rant. I was I got off the rails there.
0: No, you're 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 good. It's it's all valid though. Like the discourse generally around basketball specifically. And I think like the larger context. So I I most people do not. And I understand that I am in the distinct minority here, but me and Colin both like we followed a lot of the other programs around Ohio State, because we worked at you yeah. know the lantern and stuff like that. We we followed a lot of the other programs at Ohio State quite a bit too. And I think what gets me about Chris Holtman is like this isn't how Gene Smith has really treated any other program throughout, you know, Ohio state too. I, I just, I, I, it's baffling to me that we're just are going to excuse basketball, not being like super great or whatever, where like the standard for pretty much every other sport that isn't football at Ohio state is like the same things that we're holding basketball to. It's like compete for a conference title um honestly compete for a national title and if you're not doing that they're gonna eventually move on and find somebody who will so i i I just it like that's that that's why it doesn't really jive with me where you're just like oh ohio state isn't a basketball school it's like yeah but they're not a women's hockey school either so like i they're you know i don't know
2: when you make this much money from all your sports you can be good at anything yeah that's the answer all of them not just any of them all of them you really can be good at all of them
1: you're not wrong. I want to complain about the national media for a
2: second because let's go. Let's now go.
1: That I'm not, not, I'm not in the local media uh, anymore. I feel like a, a real normal person who gets to say, ah, the national media, they don't understand. But, and I know sometimes when I was in the, the local media, I'd be like, all right, yeah. I mean, maybe, I, I don't know. Like sometimes I tune those people out because I would uh, <laughs> for a while, I just thought that they were football only fans who didn't care about, uh, what it took to build a basketball program. And right now, I think uh, that is the completely wrong tact. And what I would say is uh, I have sent Kevin via DM probably somewhere between eight and 10 tweets over the past month that have been from national reporters who are uh, defending what the job that Chris Holtman is doing. And I don't think it's coincidental that they're just defending him. I think Chris Holtman, and I say this as somebody who covered him. And again, I like Chris Holtman. I like covering him. He never he never reamed me in public or private. If he disagreed with me, he would tell me. But Chris Holtman is great at playing the media game. He's great at understanding how to um, how to help reporters really, and it's not in a nefarious way. Like he wouldn't do it in like a oh I want to get this by them like. I, I don't think that that's really what it was at all. I think it's just he sort of cares about his image, and he understands that these people are the ones who um, sort of control how that's viewed to the public. And I'm just li- like, I pulled up a couple of these tweets because I just think that they're, they're crazy.
2: Like Dude, a whole, I can't wait to read these because a whole lot of people have yelled at the average Ohio State fan and the fan base, like that we're crazy for not liking Chris Holtman or being thrilled with this like motherfucker you were just his friend like the only relationship here why you say this stuff is because you guys like get dinner together when you're both in the road at peach jam once a year like that's why you guys are that's why you're being nice to him that's like he paid for your zesty nachos at Deddy's, and all of a sudden you think you have to like you know be his buddy for the rest of his life that's the only relationship these idiots have with him like they are just thrilled sorry i I promise i'll stop in a second but these guys are just thrilled to like you know, have a guy that's more famous than them to have in their phone to text. That is the whole reason these people have these jobs is essentially like at this level, like the call, especially with the college national guys, whether it's your Jeff Goodman's or your Stu Mandel's, the world, they just like get their jollies off by being buddies with coaches. Like that is just what makes them happy in life. And that's why they have this job. I just want to, I hope everyone's aware of that.
1: Listen, Chris Altman, I will say never once didn't return a text from me, never once didn't return a call from me. Like, coaches are really good about that because they understand that while a lot of people is like, uh, like, I hate the media, the people who are actually in power really want the media on their side because they control a lot of the narrative. And that's really sort of what it boils down to. Um, All right, I pulled up the Jeff Goodman tweet from January 19th. It's now been three weeks. This is the first one. This is the first one. I understand Ohio state fans are frustrated with not getting past the first weekend of the NCAA attorney under Holtman, but Thad Mata didn't even get to the attorney's final two years in Columbus. Don't be. And then he gave his record and said, he's gone dancing every year and said, don't be dumb and run him out. And like the obvious point here, it's like, it's so obvious. It's like he got crushed by Ohio state fans justifiably. Why are you comparing year six of Chris Holtman to the last two years of Thad Mata that got him fired? Like that's, (laughs) It's, it makes no sense
2: at all. He was he was literally fired to not do that. Like that's what like he was. Right. sorry, Chris Holtman was hired so he wouldn't do that thing. That is the whole like th- that is the that's the thing that got a coach who had multiple Final Fours fired. That's how bad it was. Why would that be the fucking expectation? Right, 100. This is the thing that this is the thing that drives me crazy. Is is
1: it again? It matters that Chris Holtman's made the tournament every single year up until probably this year, but. Thad Mata's peaks were unbelievable. Like, and again, you made the point, Ryan, like those two years got him fired. So like, yes, if Chris Holman were to have those two years, he would also be fired. And like, I guess there's a chance that he looks down the barrel of that these next two years. But like, I I, I don't know. Like, I, I feel like I, I don't use the term gaslit in real life ever. This might be my first <laughs> time ever using it, but I feel like national reporters are gaslighting Ohio State fans.
2: Yeah, it's a complete like it's a complete misrepresentation of what the program has always been. Yeah, keep saying
0: and and just like what he was hired to do, like, I like I understand and I I, we've said it a few times. Like I understand that he hasn't missed the tournament. He's going to this year, but he hasn't missed the tournament. And you know since he's been here, um, and you know the the floor has been pretty low or pretty high, um, but like, like you said. It's insane to take the last two years of Thad Mata's career, which Thad Mata also got a longer leash because of what he accomplished. You know, this is a guy that played for a national title. I, I think he went to the final four. Was it twice or three times? I know he went to three elite eights at least, but like, this is a guy who made noise in the tournament, you know, every single yeah. time. One and title then, game, it, one
2: final four, one elite eight. Yeah.
0: One, one final. Okay. Elite eight. Um, but like, that's a guy like you can't compare the, the last two years of Thad Mata's career to anything that Chris Holman's done, because Chris Holtman at this point, like, like, that's that's the other conversation that we need to get to, I, I think, is like, what has Chris Holtman done to deserve the benefit of the doubt going forward? You know, like I, I, I think there's, Ever. there's like, if you you tool around with like the number of roster constructions he's had, the number of like uh, ah, well we haven't seen what he's gonna do with a great freshman class, or at this point we have seen what he's done inheriting modest players, we have seen what he's done with a super transfer heavy uh, uh, group, we've seen what he's done with now a a group of really talented freshmen, like. What 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 roster construction are we waiting for at this point? Like, what what circumstance are we waiting for that we're not sure if he can coach out of? Like, I just like there is he has done nothing in
2: the. He couldn't win the fucking. He couldn't win the Big South (laughs) with Gardner Webb. Like, he can't. He can't win anywhere, dude. He just he's not a winner. He's the guy is constitutionally not someone who wins things. That is who he is. Yeah.
1: Here's here's another one from from Kevin Sweeney of Sports Illustrated, and this is like this is one of those ones where it's like the first part is insane, the second part's right, but it doesn't matter because I'll, I'll explain. If Ohio State was crazy enough to fire Chris Holtman, it would take approximately thirty seconds for him to get another good, high, major job, which he's not wrong about. That would happen, but why would Ohio State care about that? Right, like I, I. I like, I just don't, under, I don't, I don't totally understand those kinds of logic. He, logic continues he continues, Holman develops players, produces pros, has recruited a high level, built three teams on track for five seeds or better in five years. That's a great stat. And even with this disappointing stretch, has a team in the top 25 of advanced metrics. If you want to t- run them out of town, advanced metrics. which again, like <laughs> all of those points are true. And then I would go back to say, Outside of his first year with Dad Mata's players, he hasn't finished higher than tied for fourth in the Big Ten, hasn't won more than, hasn't gone better than 12-8 and in the Big Ten, hasn't made it to this week's 16. So I'm not totally sure why you would look at Ohio State and say good luck when all these guys who are writing these things about Ohio State and Chris Holtman have also done the job grades. And it just so happens when they grade the jobs in the Big Ten, Ohio State is always top three and it's in the big 10 and it's usually number one, Indiana. And then number two, Ohio state, like Ohio state is supposed to be the one or two first, second or third best job in the big 10. And yeah. we're looking at a stat that you're, you're talking about why Ohio state should keep him, which is he's had three teams on track for five seeds or better in five years, which is an insane, <laughs> an insane justification.
2: Yeah. Absolutely ridiculous, dude. Just, I, and
0: I, I think, I think the other thing, like that you talk about the bad luck that he's had and I like I, he has in, in a lot of seasons, like he'll remind you endlessly that the tournament that he thinks that they were going to win was canceled. Um, you know, he's, he's mm-hmm. lost a couple players That's players.
2: That yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Right. Um, <laughs> he's lost a couple players early that he didn't expect to like, there's, there's legitimate bad luck. And my thing is, even if he got fired and went to another program and had, you know, great success at this other program, like, that still doesn't prove anything because sometimes things just don't work out at at a certain place. And I I think like people aren't really leaving room for that. Um, You know, like there's all the time players or coaches struggle at one location or one circumstance and then go on and have absurd success somewhere else. And, that's like, it rarely looks bad on where they came from. Like maybe Thad Mata or maybe Thad Mata, maybe Chris Waltman's just stacked some, some really bad luck. And at this point, it's just like he's stuck in a pattern and things just aren't really ever going to work out at Ohio state. And he needs a new change of scenery and he can go to Notre Dame and maybe he'll win. he'll go to three final fours at Notre Dame. Like that's fine, man. Like look at Nick Saban in, in Miami when he was with the dolphins, like, you could easily say like, Oh, this guy's a, he's a bum. Like get this guy out of here, whatever. Like, then he goes to Alabama, which is a completely different. I mean, obviously it's college versus NFL, but it's a different circumstance and he's awesome. So like, I think that like just saying the sort of thing, like, Oh, there's a ton of programs around who would love to hire Chris Holtman. Like, yeah, man, that's great. And I hope it works out for them. And you know, he's a great guy. I sincerely believe he is a good coach and um, wish him all the best, but like things just clearly aren't working out at Ohio state and, it's, it's a shame that at this point it feels like we're going to have to wait like two, three more years at least until you're to a point where you can fix this problem that we all already see.
1: Let me give you one last one. I just want to go out on a high note. <laughs> this is from Seth Davis of The Athletic. Oh, and this oh. is one of those where it's like three years ago you could have sold me on this, which is crazy, but, like, it's true. All right. He says, interesting hearing Jay Wright, who was the commentator on the game, which – if you listen to that, you might think Chris Holtman should get an extension. Uh, interesting hearing Jay Wright talk about speculation regarding Chris Holtman's status. I'm old enough to remember when Jay was on the hot seat because his teams always flamed out in March. Things worked out for Villanova. Things worked out well for Villanova, I think. And I just want, I just want just a quick, quick look at the Villanova at the at the Jay Wright Wikipedia page here. You're right. Three years in, Jay Wright hadn't made the NCAA tournament. He had finished maxed out at third in the Big East. Uh, the following year finished third in the big East went to the sweet 16 year five tied for first in the big East went to the elite eight. I, the comparison, doesn't, the comparison doesn't work. It worked back in 2019. It doesn't work anymore. And, and no. I, I don't know, like I just, I see all these together. It's like, this is what the past month has been like. And I, I, it's just hard for me to fathom that if you actually looked into these with uh, if you actually really cared to think about these, none of these justifications are really working.
2: Yeah, at like all. It's just the only answer you have is just like, well, maybe he'll get better. Like, that's the only yeah. answer anyone has for this. Is that like, they it say is, is, is like
1: Next year, they're bringing in good recruits. Like, it, it, and this is the thing. Like, he's going to get a next year. He's going to get a seventh year.
2: He's there probably is, in an eighth year, based on the like, math, yeah. It,
1: there, yes, there is a, there is a hypothetical scenario, scenario in my head where I'm like, I don't know if you bring back everybody, but if you, br- if you bring back three of the freshmen that you have, uh, you lose Bryce Sensabaugh. you add these, you add these freshmen, you may be for the first time in a while, get impact transfers. Like I could see it working out, but I can already see next year. The entire core of next year's team is going to be whatever transfers you get Zed key. And then an entire batch of 18 and 19 year olds. And then With it's going to be gone. the big thing. Of, like, well, they're young. We sort of got
0: to work them in. You can see just, the excuse already. Yep. I can, yeah. He, I, he, he, I
2: mean, he already did it. He does it every de- season, dude. He's the same fucking guy. But, but can we, are we, can I just maybe throw out a Bryce Enzaboth thing here? Are we sure he's going to go to the NBA draft? Like, yeah are we, I, I mean, I think Bryce is pretty good, but he doesn't play any defense. He's he not conditioned at all. I mean, I think he's a good player. I, I,
0: I'm not I'm not I'm not even arguing how successful he's going to be yeah. in the NBA. Like that's irrelevant to me. He's gonna go. But he'll be a late he'll be a late first round pick. Yeah, yeah fair and enough. And that's he'll that's all a, he needs to be in He's, he's not go. a
2: lottery pick. I'll say that he's not a lottery pick.
1: Yeah, uh, that's fine. I mean, yeah. maybe he's not, but um I was trying to pull it up before uh I I think Jonathan Gaboni
2: had him pretty high in his most recent. I think the highest game. I saw him was like thirteenth recently. Uh, up until,
0: someone's list. Up, I saw I saw a tweet. Um, i i I have it somewhere i have it bookmarked up up until super recently he was having one of like the most um the most efficient scoring seasons in like recent college memory um i don't remember exactly what the stat was okay here it is um Busy shoots
2: sensible, fucking eight times a
0: game sometimes. Bryce Sensabaugh is having one of the most <laughs> efficient freshman seasons on record. Only five NCAA players since 2009 have averaged 17 points or fewer in 25 minutes. Um he's shooting 50% off the catch, 49% on pull-ups, um, at the rim he's 62%, 12 for 22 on ISO, 10 for 18 on post-ups. Like, I, I just see enough on offense that that NBA scouts are gonna be like, yep, yeah, like there just there aren't a lot of of high school or of high school or college guys um that just like you look at their game like that and you see a physical guy that a, a big guy that's what he's like six 250 that plays like a guard and can shoot threes like that's really all you need for an nba scout so like i yeah, just
1: if I, I don't it. like it's not like Ma- malcolm random wasn't exactly it. i think i saw it's funny i saw a stat this week i don't remember what the defensive stat was but there was a defensive metric in the nba that ranked every single defensive player and uh, it, might, it might have been like Wins at it or whatever. Malachi Brandon was statistically the worst defender in the entire NBA. And that man That's was so a good in the draft. And yeah. I'm, I understand Bryce might even be a worse defender than that. which uh, it's, it's, it's a, a
2: weird Bryce coincidence game. that all of Chris Holtman's good players since k DeBates Diablo can't play any defense. I wonder if there's, there's any reason for that. It just seems like a weird, odd coincidence. He
1: would have had Dylan Mitchell, and he would have been able to play defense. The offense was a problem, but right? at least he would have been able to.
2: Man. Play. The guy just, I mean, he doesn't care about, like, Chris Holt we have basically, look, Ohio State football and basketball have the same guy as, as coaches. They just have two guys who are nice people, who don't get anyone in trouble, who make good headlines, don't win fucking anything of consequence, disappoint the standard, recruit really well in certain positions, put guys in the league who are going to be really successful, do not care about defense, and can't win big games. Uh, It's just the same guy at both programs. It, it's the same dude.
0: I, I think I think it's it's an extreme disservice, or it... it... It waters down the discourse about Chris Holtman to compare him to Ryan Day, because I think yeah, Chris Holtman is so much worse than Ryan Day.
2: He is so much worse. Like, like I'm just like, looking for a laugh, yeah. I, 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 I
0: understand. <laughs> I understand the parallels, but like it, like it really waters down. If if you're comparing Chris Holtman to Ryan Day, that's like fired. that's an yeah, extreme yeah, yeah. compliment to Chris Holtman. There, like yeah. it, Ryan Day has won Big Ten titles. He has won college football playoff games. Like. I don't Chris Holtman's know. a poor man's petty hardaway that's, that's uh...
2: good
0: <laughs> <laughs> but so, so I mean, my my other, my other thing and since you are comparing him to Ryan Day, people have the same thing. if so if Chris Holtman comes out next year in his seventh year and makes the final four or wins the big Ten title or something like that, you're going to see a lot of I told you sos. You know, like, oh, I, t- I told you, you just, you know, you were being too hard on him. All the criticism was unfair.
1: Will, will and you? Here's, I'll be honest, will you?
0: I don't know that you will. I think you would from, have. From the, from the national media guys. from the fan base, from the national media From the national media guys, you will. From you Jeff will. Goodman, but, yeah. But here's, here's the thing with me. I don't think, like, that wouldn't prove anything, right. and it wouldn't excuse the past six years. Because just because you have one good season – does not mean that you were above criticism for your failures in the previous six. And it would have been the same thing. And it could be the same thing with Ryan day next year. Um, I, I saw a lot of people when I was criticizing Ryan day on like TikTok and stuff like that before the Georgia game, they're like, well, what are you going to say if, if he goes out and beats Georgia and wins a national title? I'm like, yeah, okay, but like,
2: that would I'm be great. I want, bucks, I, 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 right. yeah. I,
0: I want that to happen, <laughs> but it still wouldn't excuse the previous three years. You know, like right. he still didn't meet expectations. There are still clear expectations the previous three years that he didn't meet. And so like, right. that's where I'm at with Chris Holman. Like, even if he comes back next year and in, in year seven, like I still have a lot of the same concerns because the pattern has been set. And that to me would be the exception. So I, 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 I would love him to come out and, you know, have a great year seven or something like that. But like, I just, it is still fair. All of these conversations are still fair. Even if, even if I had the, even if I had the foresight in the future and I could tell you that Chris Holtman's going to win a national title in, in year seven, it would still make all of this conversations out.
1: One of the things I wondered is like, like it's, it's, it's just not worth it to play like the, like some of the national media like we were talking about, is like, all right, he fired Chris Holtman, who would you get? It's like, it's not even worth playing that game because Chris Holman's gonna be Ohio State's coach next year. Yep. Probably. But like my my question, and I've texted this to Kevin, is like the Chris Holtman that I know, yeah, does not love criticism. And right now, I'll <laughs> yeah. I'll hand it to Ohio state fans. Like they don't, when, when Ohio state basketball gets rolling in a good way, they don't necessarily show out all the time. I will say the shot center. I will. When, it keeps rocking every once in a while, but when things go bad for basketball, the fans really come out. And I just wonder how he's dealing with that right now. I wonder how he's going to deal with that this off season. And like, I, I have been wondering if he's going to look for a parachute, like shock is smart did essentially uh, by taking the Marquette job um when he was at texas knowing that like he's gonna walk into the season on the hot seat life's gonna be terrible and he takes the marquette job and everybody's right now is like shotgun smart baby coach of the year like he's really good because sometimes the fit's just not perfect like i think chris holtman's a good coach so i think immediately when mike breaks that he's gonna retire i was like yeah it's Notre dame yeah better dame like it makes a makes a ton of sense like he's he's obviously had success in indiana at butler before like that makes a lot of sense yeah my thing is I just don't think it happens this season because if that happens. He's walking away from a $17 million buyout in, a t- in three top 50 recruits. Like if you're like, you might as well stay if you're him. Like, I don't, yeah. I just don't think that the pair is worth it, but, but if he took it, it would be to me because I just don't like, I think he values his sanity and, yeah. and like in a good way. Like, I think we should all value our sanity um and i think he values it and i just wonder if that would lead him to do something like that
0: and because I, I he's not getting fired i i that would shock me that would blow me away well it's 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 just does he see the writing on the wall and if yeah. it's it's well, not he, like fan base it's hard to get hard to get that fan base back like it right. almost never and, and and i feel i feel like he would get a, a comparable um deal anywhere else like if you were to go to notre dame he would make probably comparable money um may, maybe not exactly what he's making I, I don't yeah it could
2: be a little less I mean Notre Dame Notre Dame is pretty cheap as, as a program I would say but as an athletic department yeah yeah
0: but in this context of...
2: though he's not going to take a pay cut to go there so if they are the going right. to pony up his money yeah.
0: right and so so I I think that like that's perfectly conceivable to me because it's not like he's just leaving all of this on the table like he's still going to get paid wherever he goes and I think that he is a guy that like yeah, he's locked in and he has job security for the next, you know, 2-3 years. But at what cost and is it going to be miserable? Like I I I think that like I don't know. Like we've we've all been in positions where we had job security at a place that like wasn't necessarily, you know, a happy place to work and um that I think we've all moved on from that too and how you feel on the other end of that. Like I feel great. And I know Colin feels great. I know Ryan's pretty happy with where he is right now. So, like, I think that there is something to say about, like, no matter what your job situation's looking like, no matter what um, your future looking like or how secure your future is, like, there's something to be said about, like, just not being miserable when you go to work. So, from that yeah. perspective, like, if he feels like he's lost support of the fan base, um, I don't know what the locker room's doing right now, um, and he just doesn't have confidence that things are going to be We didn't talk right? about the
2: captain vote, by the way. And oh, no, my it's God. Too far to regress now. So. Not great. Yeah. <laughs> just for, for anyone who missed it, um, Ohio State uh, announced Bruce Thornton was a captain, and there was also questions if anyone was removed as a captain. I believe Chris Holtman just said, if that were the case, I certainly wouldn't announce anything publicly. Uh, and as someone on our board pointed out, by the way, uh, it's supposed to be they usually have four captains and only filled three spots this year. And he could have easily just said, "We found our fourth captain. Bruce Thornton has been promoted to the captainship, and just left it at that." Instead of just, you know, bringing up questions about which players he hates now. Um, That's very fair. Just a fucking idiot, dude. This guy's just. Uh... <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'll I'll refrain. But but yeah, what you're saying is true. That I think it is. There is a real calculation to that of like, you know, one if you think your your goose is cooked here, basically, or if you think that you know it's going to be not very fun to work here much longer. Why not get out of town? So, I think what you're saying, Kevin, just to make sure I'm translating correctly, is that myself and all the other Buckeye fans need to be as mean as possible to cross <laughs> online for the rest of the just season. Cyber,
0: cyber bully, <laughs> bully the head coach. We yeah. should get mean at <laughs> midfield shirts that say cyber bully the head coach.
2: <laughs> we really should actually do that. Yeah. yeah. I mean, uh, it works. It works. Um yeah.
0: It got Ryan Data to, to change his uh, running game. So,
2: yeah. Yeah. I got Ryan Data to stop being a play caller. Um, <laughs> did a lot of things. I don't know, like bullying the other teammates, JT malala bullying his teammates, got them to actually try to practice hard in between Michigan and the, uh, in the playoff. That was cool. Yeah. Um, so
0: bullying. We're, we're big proponents of bullying at meet at midfield. Yeah. So.
2: And you know who else is our sponsor Homefield apparel, oh, um, damn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, America's comfiest college collegiate, you know, collegiate athletic apparel, whatever. Uh, look, big news here. we in the podcast. Uh, don't tell anybody else. They'll post this online, but there's some Ohio State gear coming. Uh, don't tweet this. If you tweet this, we're going to kill you. But there is Ohio State gear coming from Meetup Midfield. Sorry, from Home Field Apparel uh, in the next couple weeks here. So keep your eyes open on that. Um, it's cool. I saw, the, I saw the teasers. It's good gear. Go buy it. Use the code at Midfield, 15 percent off your first purchase. Um, Colin cannot use his because he has used it, tried to use it dozens of times already. Um, but if you're a first-time user, you can, in fact, buy 15% off with Home Field Apparel. Using the code, meet him in the field. So Chris Holtman, let's cyberbully him, get him out of here. Yeah,
0: yep, I'm in, I'm in. Colin, I think the other thing here is like Colin truly does not give a shit. He's not an Ohio State fan. He is a West Virginia fan who lives in Los Angeles. So if you're like if you're listening, a lot of times you're hearing from just like straight you know Buckeye heads that are. You yeah. know, the scarlet pilled, but like Colin is not that he graduated from Ohio State with me. We famously sat next to each other at, at graduation, but um, he is not like a Buckeye fan. He is just a casual observer. And that's kind of why we wanted to bring him on here. Cause like he covered the program um, is, you know, distance away from it. I'm sure he wants his alma mater to do good sometimes, but he's not, he's not like the people that are listening to this podcast. So if, if he's here telling you that you should uh, be concerned about Chris Holtman it's probably time to be concerned about Chris Holt. Yeah,
1: I mean, I wasn't—I wasn't born and raised a, a Buckeye fan, and like I spent like you spent journalism school being like, I'm not allowed to be a fan, but I—I I enjoy watching Ohio State.
0: What can I say? Yeah, I mean, you—you you have a degree from there. You spent four years there. You. Yeah, it happens. Yeah. But
1: I—I I will say because I feel like this is the end. I—I I was disappointed when I logged in. I didn't see DJ here because I'm still I still, despite having worked where he worked. And despite having lived in Columbus at the same time, I still have never spoken to the man in my life. I don't know how it's possible, but I've never spoken to him. And uh, this was supposed to be the time I was gonna—I was gonna hear his Chris Holtman takes. And uh, he's probably at the statehouse though, so it's Yeah, he's
2: ducking you. I believe he—he's currently, you know, he's sleeping overnight in some kind of like home alone style situation at the statehouse. He's planning to have a a big like hot fledged Sunday uh, in the in the speaker's chair. I believe is his game plan for tonight going to make some popcorn, order some pay-per-view movies on, on Andy Reiner's account, stuff like that. You know, uh, I
1: was close to him once when, uh, Kevin, I don't know if you were there, but it was when, when we had the, uh, we had a student paper, the, the student newspaper sort of gathering at the end of the year at, uh, what's the bar right, right across from the, I don't even remember. I haven't been there forever. Little bar? The one right across from the, the student union.
2: Oh, so Midway. Midway,
1: yeah.
2: Oh, no, right behind. The worst Midway. bar in the world. Oh, there you go. oh, right behind Midway is Ethel and Tank. <laughs> Ethel and Tank. <laughs> Ethel not Tank. at
0: Midway. I'm like <laughs> <laughs> <I gotta laughs> Ethel and Tank. Ethel and Tank. Midway would have been funnier. <laughs>
2: That's really fun. hate to have me at Midway. I do yeah, think, no. uh, damn, so, someone I met, like I had a a friend of my parents, uh, like whenever their kid was visiting college, and they were like, oh, we're gonna stop for a quick bite eat this Midway Grill right across from the uh, the student union. <laughs> is it any good? I was like, no. <laughs> <laughs> go literally like, anywhere else. I was like, please, anywhere else to go. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, we did uh, not
1: go there as a as a student newspaper and end up at Midway. Nor were we at Old Wankles. Um, that's we, uh, yeah, epic. no, we were we were near there, but we we were we were up there in the second level. And Kevin, I don't know if you were there, but uh, it, it had finished. And Ed, who was uh, he's getting married. Ed Sutlin. Uh, he's uh, he went down to get a drink. And it took him a little while, and he came back up, and I was like, Ed, like, wh- where you been? And he's like, DJ was down there. He just, he just bought me a drink. He said he loved reading me and everything. And I was like, that is the DJ I know. I don't yeah. know him. I know him because I, I am online as well. And when you're online, you have a tendency to run into him.
2: The yeah. first time I met him, I think I told this story before, maybe on the podcast, but uh, we were covering some press conference during the Urban Meyer era. Uh, it was one of my first press conferences ever. I think his, one of his rare ones. He really didn't cover press conferences very often for Eleven Warriors, but he showed up and sat like in the I think second row right in front of me. Uh, and I was with my boss uh, uh, Kevin Noon at the time, uh, Noon Goon Noon Goon affiliate here. But uh, uh, DJ sits down right in front of me. He was like, he's like, hey man, you're Ryan Donnelly, aren't you? And I was like, yeah, yeah. He's like. I'm hit off my weed pen. When we get out in the parking lot. <laughs> First thing he said to me: We've been online friends for a while, and I was like, I was like, oh man, uh, my boss drove me here. <laughs> I like, Unfortunately, I cannot. But uh, I was like, I'll, I will text you. <laughs> yep. And we yep. hung out some point later, and yeah, that is Pete DJ. Yeah.
1: I would love if DJ showed up to some more press conferences these days. I
2: could only, yeah, we should start. Sending we got to get him in there. I bet we can get credential. They probably love our work there at the Woody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> We're on a list for sure. Yeah. But
2: yeah.
0: All right. Well, I guess we've, we've got, we've gotten all our takes. What give us before we sign off. What's, what's your Ryan day take Colin? Ah. Uh. Can we have
1: Donnelly sign off
0: first?
2: <laughs> I won't, uh, I won't, I won't harangue you at all. Uh, I will, I will let you say your piece. I, I will promise to not respond.
1: <laughs> My Ryan Day take is that uh, I, I felt like I was sort of training toward where you guys land up until the very last game that I watched them play. And I thought it was maybe the best game I've seen Ryan Day as a head coach for uh fifty nine minutes and thirty seconds, and uh, then at the very at the very end, just really wasn't exactly a fan of that last minute and uh, so I sit here today being like all of I think a lot of your points that you make about the defense um being atrocious are all justified uh the questions about some assistant coaches uh you know all reasonable defensive recruiting all right you're all I, i'm here with you but i'm not I, I, you sir, you guys reached a fire ryan day point that i could not reach and i i i know kevin you tried to back off
0: a little bit i feel like you were right on that line
1: though and i, I was and after I michigan you.
0: after michigan i was I, like immediately after the game i was, I was there but uh,
1: yeah and listen
0: if he loses
1: to michigan next year and doesn't make the playoff I might be right there with you, but at least uh, right now, I'm I'm willing to let him see next year. Is that, <laughs> that might be a little much on this podcast. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm I'm feeling generous.
0: So I, yeah. I think, I think he can see next year. That's, that's very nice of you. It's very nice. We'll let him know that, that he, he yeah. meets your approval. Ryan, uh, Ryan texts him all the time, you know, just kind of every day. He's, he's in direct communication with him. So, um, so we will uh we'll we'll have to let him know.
1: That's concerning. Um, uh, I guess text might end you uh somewhere you don't want to be.
2: Whether it be in a prison uh, or the battle like I'm abiding with my truths, I'm not commenting on <laughs> I said I want it and I won't. I'm just smiling and nodding
0: yeah, yeah uh, I, I appreciate you i appreciate
2: you all right well appreciate we thank, you coming on colin we yeah, do we, thank we, you very much thank you colin uh, if you
0: ever if you ever want to come back on um you're you're more than welcome we yeah. are here
2: i won't hold those last those last you know like you i think you had a great first 59 minutes and 30 seconds this podcast <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> i was glad i listen i was I, I texted i texted kevin for a while about coming on because uh Kevin thought I should come on and talk about Chris Holtman now that I haven't been covering the team in two years. But uh, I have had so many takes holstered for the past several months that uh, thank you guys for allowing me to just uh, open up and uh, and and talk through them.
2: Yeah, thank you for sharing
1: them, dude. It's probably not. Yeah, I mean it's not a great scene for uh, Ohio State fans, and this I don't know that we did anything to help. But uh, we we I don't know we've been here for over an hour so hopefully we did something entertaining at least yeah
2: I guess our last question to answer is without DJ here how we're gonna do the sign off um, oh damn. damn Colin do you know it do you know our uh, our famous sign off do you want to take a stab at it something about uh, Michigan facts. I don't I don't I don't remember the Michigan
0: does though. suck okay. do, you want, do you want me to do it yeah you or do, can do we it. just go sign off list
2: yeah I should go sign no, we we should we should sign off yeah we should go simultaneous Colin you want to count us down from three i got you guys all right ready three two one go go bucks michigan, michigan sucks and help is on the way, way.
0: <laughs> oh god that was rough
2: not, not, yeah that's gonna be too late come right. green the edit yeah <laughs> all right well, you added some, some crowd clapping noise at the end just kind of like a, a laugh track course. from a. of course yeah. <laughs>